It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. And uh, listen, want to thank the Big Bear Minority Chamber and the Capital City Chamber for the great event they put on yesterday. Black businesses uh, had some great representation. Uh, and anybody who attended had a great time, got a lot done. Uh, for those of you who missed, stay tuned for the results of that. Uh, did y'all see that Kim Rivers has expanded True Leave to Pennsylvania? Um, wow. She just keeps, uh, she's going to take over this country, y'all. <laughs> uh, just doing great things. And we're glad to, glad to have her as a friend of the show. So we're going to talk to Congressman Al Lawson in just a minute. But I uh, also want to say I hope everybody is safe out there. I know we had a hurricane come through some of the areas in west of here. A lot of rain in our region, but a lot of flooding over in the Pensacola area and a lot of rain and flooding uh, throughout that portion of the country. So just hope everybody's doing well and staying safe. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Sean Pittman Show. Congressman Al Lawson, right after this. Good morning, good morning. Show. Welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. What a week. And I've uh, been anticipating uh, this show because we got one of our own, Congressman Al Lawson, who's very hard to get, y'all, uh, mostly because he was busy with a campaign uh, that he ended successfully. So our congressman, uh, right from right here in this region, Al Lawson, won his race. So I wanted to get him on the show because there's so much going on everywhere. So uh, y'all welcome listeners. If you call a friend, tell them Congressman Al Lawson is on the Sean Pittman show today. They don't want to miss it. Uh, tell them to, to, they better tune in now, though, because he's here right now. Al, you with us? I'm with you. It's a real privilege uh, to be with you, Sean. I always look forward to talking to you. Well, listen, man, thank you. I, and I got to tell you, I want to tell you a secret, Al, because as I think about the show and talking to you, I think about your long career in politics and as an elected official in this area. And people don't talk about it a lot. We take you for granted that that's just our Al. But, you know, like people like John Lewis that served a long time, Elijah Cummings. I mean, man, you have been elected by the people over and over again um, because people believe in your service. And I got to tell you a little secret, man. When I first came to college here, I went with my friends to Western Sizzling. You remember that? You remember Western Sizzling? Yeah, I remember Western Sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> and we were sitting over in the corner and this six, seven, six, eight, uh, thin guy, thin at that time, uh, guy <laughs> came into Western I Sizzling. The I remember the days. Man, came into Western Sizzling and everybody in there was pointing. And I asked the wait the waiter, I said, Who is who is that guy right there? You had a suit. It was a Sunday. You might have been coming from church. And they said, Oh, that's Representative Al Lawson. He 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 um he won this seat that had never been won by a black person. And from that moment on, man, you've been my hero, man. So anyway, it's an honor to have you on this show. And uh, and, and thanks for joining us. I wanted to ask you, though, you've been elected so many times. What do you what do you think is the reason why people you never have a problem winning? Why is that? What do you attribute that success to? Well, you know, Sean, I think uh uh, because I've always wanted to uh, uh, 
uh, help people and get involved in the community. That's what I try to tell students and people and tell them it's never too late uh, to uh, make life better uh, for people. Uh, when I first ran, uh, I thought, fam, you had a great deal to do with it because uh, what was interesting, Sean, I was wondering why Lee, Lee Hall was boated up at FAMU. The library was leaking. Uh, Jackson Davis Hall was uh, about to fall down and all of those issues. Then I found out that it really, at the time, we had a board of regents. And a board of regents wouldn't approve these things. And so I said, well, how do you fix this stuff? And they said, well, you have to go to the legislature uh, to really fix it. And and so I uh, decided that I would run for the legislature. And really, that was really back that time when we were just formulating uh, the Black Caucus, because before then, the Black Caucus could meet in a phone booth. Mm, uh, that's right. Until, that's until right. Until in 1982. And so, uh, with reapportionment in 1982, uh, came to the legislature and uh, were able to embarrass, so to speak, the Board of Regents and stuff for what they were doing on the, on the HBCU campus uh, that was unheard of. And so you start to see all those things change. And so when I ride around now, and see Lee Hall open up and Jackson Davis Hall, see the expansion of the School of Pharmacy, uh, see the expansion of the School of Business and, and the library expansion. The Al Lawson Center is also an expansion. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, uh, God, I tell you, that was a great accomplishment. I was able to work with Jim King at Florida State uh, to accomplish that, uh, which uh, a lot of people still don't understand today, but it's uh uh, what was really happening, Sean, at that time, you know, is that uh, FSU was the only school in the ACC that didn't have their own arena. In order to build one, it would take hundreds of millions of dollars to do it, and they wanted to do it on the intramural field. But the students, you know, didn't want to give up the intramural field over there by college town. That's right. And so, so, and me with Jim, man, we cut a deal, and, I, and they told me to think about it, and one day I was riding home past uh, Jay Gates' gym nation. I looked over there and said, boy, this gym has been there for 50 or 60 years. So the next day I went in, I said, I got a deal. Uh, we will work, uh, I'll work with FAMU to give you uh, the Civic Center, everybody involved, retired or dead on it. You know, if you were building an arena, uh, they really need one bad at FAMU. So there's no conflict about graduation, when you're going to graduate and everything. And really, that's how that whole thing came about. People probably think they don't understand it today. So FSU felt good about it because... Because they were getting they were what they wanted. Arena. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was getting what they, they wanted. Put, yeah. You know, they couldn't put it on the intramural field. The students were going to block it. And they still need it for parking and activities now. Even though we had gone out, out by Roberts Avenue way out there and built an intramural uh, compound out there. But the students still... Wanted to be there, uh, you know, for yeah. activities, and so, and so it, it, it was real complicated, but uh, well, you know, it really worked out. Well, I gotta say, when that's what I think the legacy that you are gonna leave, man, because being able to watch you up close, you have this knack for making complicated things make sense, 
And that's exactly what you did with the Al Lawson Center on FAMU campus. You knew it was going to be a tough issue for FSU to, to basically take the Civic Center from everybody, right? You came up with a way that it didn't have to be a taking. It just became a negotiation that everybody ended up getting something that they needed. FSU needed that. FAMU needed that, right? And what the city and the county needed, because they were both partly owners of the Civic Center, they needed something that was beautiful that could get the money to be able to renovate uh, everybody, it made it was just better for everybody. So thank you for that, man. And that's why we call it the Al Lawson, <laughs> the Al Lawson Center. Uh, so, uh, uh, fam, you loves you for that, and FSU, the city and county as well. But you're in Congress now, and you're busy, man. Your your congressional schedule is crazy, and you add to that COVID, add a potential shutdown, uh, and then marijuana issues looming. Um, I want to start with the economy, though. Do you believe we will get an economic assistance package in us anytime soon? And that is a tough question. Uh, it's been two months, uh, Sean, since we passed the HEROES Act. And it is still sitting in the Senate. And the Senate has come back with a real watered-down skinny bill. That's what we call it. <laughs> uh, going from $3 trillion down to uh, $500 billion. Uh, And that's not going to accomplish a lot of things that we need to do right now. And when I say right now is uh, in order to get the economy going, the first thing we got to do is uh, is to make sure that we do something about this pandemic. The pandemic is all over the place. And we haven't done a very good job. Uh, you know, if we had known about it in January as the president did. Uh, we could have had some control over it. So COVID-19 is critical for us to get in control of it. And we need funding right now uh, to help out. Kids are going back to school. Renters are being put out of their apartment. Landlords can't pay their mortgage. You know, we need to keep people uh, in their residence. Uh, we don't need them to get thrown out. You know, we need to work with people on mortgage payments as we did before. And everyone thought by now that the virus would be going down. Right. And so so the PPP, the money that we put in there for small businesses to keep them alive because they are the backbone of our society. Uh, their money is beginning to run out and they still not back up to full force. Wow. So as a result, we need a package. You know, I was we was talking this morning uh, uh, on the Democratic caucus and we was talking about what is needed. What can we do uh, to get the Senate to move and where can we go to a compromise? OK, we might not be able to get three trillion out there, but uh, we're willing to give up a trillion, you know, to get down to around two trillion or two and a half trillion in order to get some stimulus, put some money in the hands of people's pockets uh, to make sure they got a little bit more money for unemployment compensation work, and uh, to keep small businesses going until this virus uh, vaccine is developed and the virus starts to go down. It's a serious situation. Well, Al, so, so this week, um, uh, so Pelosi, just real quick, she said that... Um, that y'all ought to take a break until the financial deal is reached. Uh, how did y'all talk about that as well on your Democratic um, um, 
in your Democratic meeting to actually skip the break and get this done? Well, last week we were saying that we wouldn't skip the break. Uh, Steny Hoyer said this morning that there are rumors uh, that the Senate said they're going to go home September the 29th. If they go home September the 29th, we can't get a deal. Uh, you have a, a bipartisan group that is working to try to get a deal. You know, we certainly hope that the president will stimulate uh, some of the Senate's leadership uh, and to say, you know, we need to have something. It looks like nothing might not happen until after the November election, which drives us further, the economy further into recession. Wow. But what we really want to do is in these next couple of days, see if people will listen a little bit and we are willing to give, Pelosi is willing to give, uh, so that we can bring some money down uh, to put money in, in people's pockets like the stimulus did before. But they can go out and spend it. They're not, we don't want them to save it. We want them to spend it. You know? Right, right. And uh, at the same time, keep small businesses, keep their payroll going. Don't lay off people uh, to keep them going. And, and the irony of the fact, with the PPP, we turned back a month ago $130 billion. And for a lot of small businesses, some of them didn't even apply for it. But, you know... Uh, we need right now a stimulus into small business about three hundred billion. You know, uh, all across America. This time we want to make sure uh, that people apply for my special small business because a lot of this money went to the big business. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna probably be gonna be grant and not have to pay it back. Well, that's what we hope for. But you, you're right. right. I mean, a lot of that money went to big businesses. Um, Congressman, right. I, and if you're listeners, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Congressman Al Lawson, and we we are talking about budget and COVID and all this, all these issues that 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 he's got to deal with. Um, Congressman, I, I wanted to go political on you for a minute because uh, you know this state well, and Trump and Biden are both making a big, big play for Florida. The Cuban-Americans are, are, are down there uh, and Trump is turning them away from the Democrats in a big, big way. Uh, and also trying to get, you know, the Venezuelans against Democrats as well. Can in your mind, can the can Democrats actually win this state this time? I think we can. It's a lot of work that's got to be done right now. Virtually the numbers are even. And uh, and they're reaching out to uh, Hispanic voters, you know, in uh, central Florida. Uh, down in Tampa area and so forth, uh, it's going to be real difficult with a lot of Cubans. Uh, but uh, if we can get African-Americans to go to the polls, and about 300,000 of them didn't go last time, Hillary election. And there was about 14% African-American male that voted for Trump. And there about 54% of white women uh, that voted for him. To change that scenario... And to get people to go to the polls, uh, I was working the other day on souls to the polls that we're going to do at the Civic Center this year, you know, come November the 1st, uh, to uh, let churches know they can bring people in uh, on buses and and drop them off. They vote, they can get back on the bus and drive around the half circle at the Civic Center. You know, uh, and, uh, we have to get people to the polls, and it's critical uh, that they go out and vote. Um, I was probably the first one in Florida uh, to uh, endorse the, the Biden campaign. 
Right, right. Uh, and especially now with Harris on the ticket, you know, uh, it should be motivation to, because this is history making. It is. Uh, to do that. Yeah. But uh, it, it really uh, is a great opportunity for us. We are right where those numbers need to be. And the work has got to be done in the next 40 some days. And I think we can win. I think it's going to be close. You know, uh, but uh, we have the opportunity to uh, make it happen. Congressman, you voted for it's hard not to talk about where we are as a state of a country right now. And, and George Floyd and, and everything that's going on that went on with that and 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 where uh, our leaders are. You voted in favor of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act that it's now sit uh, one of those other issues sitting in the Senate. Why, why is it so important for this bill to be passed? And, and and do you believe it will pass? I think it will eventually pass, and it should have been passed uh, now because we came out of the House uh, on a bipartisan basis, you know. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and the reason why it's important is we need to set standards in policing, uh, you know, to get rid of uh, the situation with uh, no-knock warrants and and uh, and check and and neck what you call it choke holes yes uh, and to set a standard for training across there because hey uh uh you know all of these things that you see now you know mostly you see harassment you know we need to make sure that everybody have cameras dashboards cal- ca- uh, cameras uh we need to make sure that we set these standards uh because uh just the way it is right now people are seeing it themselves is that uh, a lot of African-Americans are losing their life that shouldn't lose their life. And at the same time, uh, a lot of these people haven't been convicted. You know, my good friend, Ben Crump, you see him. I told Ben, ben I said, Ben, you live out of suitcase way more than I do. <laughs> That's know? right. That's right. And he, he, he's all over America. You That's know, right. I call him the junior Johnny Cochran. That's right. Junior Johnny Cochran. Uh, and he's doing a tremendous job. You saw the settlement just came with Brianna Taylor. That's right, and uh, and 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 he's counting on you as well uh, to continue right. to to lay your voice on this this George Floyd Justice Act. Um, let right. me ask you uh, about um, you your sort of efforts in this area, uh, Congressman. And I, I know we're running out of time a little bit, but you uh, you represent. I mean, just this whole panhandle pretty much outside of Panama City. But you got a very special uh, county in Gaston County. And you grew up there. You have worked many years at the state level there. Uh, What what can be what kind of issues or things can you do on the federal level as it relates to Gaston County? Because as folks know, it's our only uh, minority majority county in the state. And they've got special needs and um, they're lucky to have somebody like you up in, in D.C. How, how's that going for them? Well, you know, Sean, I think one of the things that hurt, you know, since I came to D.C. is uh, during Obama administration, they got rid of earmarks. Uh, so when they got rid of earmarks, that means now that you have to work uh, in the department, unlike in the state legislature where you can earmark certain things. I even come back and try to lobby for issues that Gaston County want from the state legislature. You know, uh, but so you really have to make sure, like on agricultural, when you, when you're dealing with food insecurities and bringing food down to help uh, farm banks and to serve kids in school and stuff. You know, you have to make sure that it's enough money there. And also, uh, when we start talking about SNAP benefits, 
to make sure that, uh, and we made sure on the farm bill that we provide enough money and SNAP benefits for more and more people. And God knows I'm glad we did it because of this pandemic. It has caused a lot of people, even college students and everyone else, to depend on the SNAP benefits. And then economic stimulus package. Uh, so counties uh, can have dollars, and that's one of the holdups uh, in this package called state and local government, especially these communities, small communities, need the stimulus money because they've used up all the reserve. You know, for Hurricane Michael and storms that are coming through here now, uh, you know, Pensacola is flooded. Right, you know, right. Justin and all these other places are going to take time to recover. And, you know, you try to tell people that these are not Democratic issues or Republican. These are people issues. You know, and so the people don't give a darn about whether you're a Democrat or Republican when they're in need. That's right. Yeah, that's an important that's an important point. And I got to tell you, I I think about you, particularly in this moment, you and all those people who had important races during this time of of COVID. You know, the other side of Congress is actually getting to Congress and, and in your case, sort of stand there and continuing the great work. What, what was it like to go through a co- campaign during COVID, especially when you got to run and you got to keep working for your constituents? Uh, it was uh, something that I've never seen before. Uh, it, is, uh, it was quite unusual. Uh, there was not a lot of forums. Everything was done just by, by Zoom. Uh, you didn't have the big crowds. You know, you couldn't do the fish fries like I used to do. Right, know? right. And, uh, uh, to bring people out. It was very different. And so you had to raise more and more money uh, to stay in the media, uh, to speak to your people. And uh, it created a lot more pressure on me, Sean, because I am the only Democrat from Pensacola to Orlando. My colleagues are Republicans. That's right. You know, so when I when I go to the delegation meeting, I'm the long ranger. So I have to uh, get along with them and... Uh, and to make sure they support my issues. You know, a lot of people don't even think about it, but there is no other Democrat. Right, right. Uh, until you well, get to well, Orlando, you get that way back, diminished. Well, we know they still have to look up to you because you're the tallest one in there. So, <laughs> yeah. I uh, make sure I keep them looking up to me, you know, and uh, work with them uh, to uh, help them accomplish some of the issues. So, you know, we want to bring more economic development down. Uh, to Gaston County so we can keep kids there. And at the same time is uh, to keep them out of criminal activity. Uh, so we had the first step approach, uh, which was led by Hakeem Jeffries out of New York, to reform the criminal justice system. That's the thing we need to do. We got kids that are sitting in, in jail for minor violation on marijuana, you know, where they should not be there. And uh, at the same time, you know, crack cocaine used to be an issue. I remember. Until a lot of white kids start using it. You don't hear about crack cocaine. <laughs> no, it's probably got another name we don't know about. But <laughs> right, absolutely, it's a great and point, so, Al. So as a result, and I know you're choking that, but you know, we you have to keep working. You got to be. You got to want to do that. And I have a general election now against another business person uh, in Jacksonville. So you know. Uh, he's pro-Trump, he's pro-gun, and so I told him the other day he's going to be pro-retired. There you go. Well, listen, we, we we count on you here, and we know you got, you know, Jacksonville is, is still an issue, but I know you're working every day to solidify your support um, on the eastern part of the district. Uh, but they, as they get to know you, when they know you like we do, Al, they're going to know they got a real treasure up in D.C. So 
on behalf of all of us, man, we appreciate you. And you know you're a friend of the Sean Pittman Show, man. And we, we anytime something is happening that, that you want to share with our listeners, I hope you'll call me and, and I hope we can we can count on you. That's great. And I hope to have some good news on the stimulus package pretty soon. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. Uh, listeners, uh, Representative, Congressman, Senator Al Lawson uh, with us today. And we appreciate him. Stay with us. We'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And certainly want to thank Congressman Al Lawson for joining us today uh, to share a few minutes of his busy, busy time. And uh, we know he'll head back to Washington and keep fighting for us. So, uh, Congressman, travel safe. In the meantime, it's time for the Pittman Point. This week, our friend attorney Benjamin Crump announced a major historical uh, settlement in the case of Breonna Taylor's murder at the hands of the police in Louisville. As Attorney Crump said, the largest settlement ever handed down for the murder of a black woman and maybe the largest uh, ever handed down for the murder of a black person at the hands of police. The $12 million settlement is a large amount of money, y'all, uh, and it's a great start, but it will never bring back that innocent life. In fact, nothing will. But the Pittman point today is simply this. Arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor, period. Until those individuals are held accountable for their actions, justice will not be truly served. As Attorney Crump says, we cannot be distracted by the money. The money is a simple gesture. The real justice will be the conviction of the murderers. Stay focused and continue to call for action and continue to say her name. Brianna, this has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven.